You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Most state workers got a day off. Governor McKee gave most state workers a paid day off during the snowstorm. I want to give credit to Kathy Gregg of the Providence Journal. What happened to working remotely? Governor Dan McKee issued an executive order. The vast majority of state employees are paid day off ahead of the snowstorm. Declaration of disaster emergency. Just ridiculous. The governor late Monday afternoon issued the executive order. Being tractor trailers. Okay, that makes sense. All state offices closed on Tuesday. All non-essential personnel would be relieved from duty during this time. Essential personnel determined by their agencies should report to work or remain at work. The tractor trailer ban was lifted at 226. The notice about the closing of state offices went out to state employees from the director of the Department of Administration around 5 o'clock. By then, many state workers who worked from home during the pandemic had already left at 4 o'clock. Without knowing, they may want to take their computer's other work essentials home with them. Asked why the McKee administration waited until so late in the day, keep in mind, he did a 1.30 press conference. This could have, put a, this could have been put in motion before everyone left for the day. Why did they wait so late and then choose to give state employees a paid day off rather than invoking the option of them taking a crude personal leave day? Given the timing of the storm and the anticipated snowfall, closure was necessary to ensure the safety of state employees. I am so tired of these people talking about safety. The decision was made late Monday afternoon and resulted in the executive order. Well, but at 1.30... In the afternoon, he was announcing that this was going to be a horrific storm. Now, depending on where you are, it wasn't that bad. But the point is, they had several hours where they could have made told state workers, you, you can, you're going to work from home tomorrow. You don't have to come in, but you're going to work remotely instead of a paid day off. The state's adverse weather policy allows the closing of state offices, but also allows the state to keep state offices open but in consideration of the timing of the storm to allow for employees to travel to or from work safely, blah, blah, blah. You know, neither the governor's office, the department administration answered why state employees were not told to work from home rather than giving them a paid day off. You know what? Because he just wanted to give them a paid day off. This is someone who is not serving the taxpayers. Governor McKee is unfit for office. He is not going to straighten out the bridge. He has... No explanation or any sense of how to handle this bridge situation. So now also the journal. Broken bridge parts, specks of blue paint. How long was bridge at risk before closure? State, this is um, Mark Reynolds. State transportation officials spotlight the importance of broken tie-down rods when they closed it on December 11th. More than two months later, it still isn't clear how long the rods had been broken appearing in an oversight committee. Peter Alvidi told state lawmakers various forensic analysts already underway. Such look-back questions. Other investigations launched by Department of Justice is looking at the pins themselves, track their history to see what happened. So, but this business of the blue paint, in the meantime, specks of bright blue paint make for a tempting line of inquiry. The paint specks are visible in a DOT photograph of one of the broken tie-down rods, which Alvidi refers to as pins. The tiny blue dots are on a surface of the rod that was exposed when it broke. Obviously, for such paint to come to rest on that particular surface, the rod had to be broken at the time that the paint was applied. So if DOT does not know when the rod was broken, does the agency know when the broken rod was exposed to the paint? These are all very, very good questions. Another photo has a December date on it. They posted online. Shows the same rod in proximity to a nearby steel bridge component. These components are painted blue, and their blue hue of these nearby components match those of the specks on the broken surface. So when were the nearby bridge components painted? DOT photo says the tie rod in question is at Pier 7. In an email exchange, they say the components in the span of Pier 6 and 7 were painted between mid-October and mid-December. 
They were then asked if the department could narrow down the time frame of the work less than three months. They won't reply. Time frame that they provided for the paint work runs through the bridge shutdown during the first half of December. Under the time frame, the paint specs could have appeared on the broken rod just before DOT distributed the close-up photo of the broken rod. In that scenario, the blue paint specs are not evidence that the tie rod was broken for months as vehicles drove over the bridge millions of times. So oversight hearing at the Monday hearing, lawmakers heard from Jeffrey Klein, director of structural engineering at a firm that reported the bridge issues to DOT in December. Uh, State Senator Sam Zuria asked how the company um, VHB decided to look at the span at that time in December. Klein told him a contractor was doing some painting work as part of the design-build activities. We were out there. They said they needed to determine any additional steel repairs were necessary after the painting activity. Klein's comments added some additional context regarding painting on Span 7. Not clear when the broken tie-down rod became a speckled tie-down rod. Now, a lot of this is obviously very inside. <laughs> I don't remember any talk about pins or rods or... You know, it's obviously complicated, but none of this is solving the problem. As you can imagine, the traffic with the bad weather is just in the snow and the ice just makes it horrific. Even under the best of circumstances, you have heavy, heavy delay in traffic. Now, when you add in um, these types of, you know, weather conditions, it, it certainly just makes it even you know, as you can imagine, makes it even worse. The real answer, they don't have an answer. They're telling people just try to avoid it. Uh, it's not leadership. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. AEP Services, they take great pride in installing fences of all kinds, vinyl, wood, aluminum, chain link, experience, quality, integrity. Call AEP Services today for a quality fence, home or business, 401 228-7190-401-228-7190 residential fence commercial fence steel woodguard rail they have it all beautiful aluminum product decorative landscape it adds a lot to it for your stunning property call the experts today aep services 401-228-7190 residential or commercial why not enjoy your backyard a little privacy or Maybe keep a pet or young children inside. Remember, they also have fences. They're resilient, water-resistant. Call today, 401-228-7190. Free quote, AEP Services. The Fence Experts, 401-228-7190. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. They finally did it. Republican-led House voted to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Let's pick up the story with ABC. It's long time coming. This guy's completely incompetent, should not be there. And again, it raises a focus on the border. Let's pick up the latest from GMA. Fences. Selena Wang has more on Capitol Hill. Good morning, Selena. Hey, good morning, Michael. The House making history, but just barely. On their second try, they successfully voted to impeach a cabinet secretary. That's a first in nearly 150 years. But look, the chances of conviction in the Senate are virtually zero. Overnight, the House making history, impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the border by just a single vote. On this vote, the yeas are 214 and the nays are 213. The resolution is adopted. It's a good day when we can start to finally hold people accountable for what's gone on at the southern border. Republicans celebrating the victory, though three GOP lawmakers sided with Democrats who say this is a policy dispute, not an impeachable offense. Whether you think he did a good job or doesn't do a good job, the Constitution is clear. He didn't commit treason. He didn't commit anything that the Constitution enumerates, high crimes and misdemeanors. After an embarrassing defeat last week, Republicans barely succeeded on their second try. With Congressman Steve Scalise casting that breakthrough vote by returning to Congress after cancer treatment. There's still virtually no chance of conviction in the Senate, but House Speaker Mike Johnson adamant the effort is worth it. Are What's you worried about the constitutional precedent that could be set by impeaching New York? Is that could come back to bite you when the tables are turned? I am not. 
Why not? Mayorkas is an exceptional case in U.S. history. Yep. But even some of Johnson's fellow Republicans acknowledge the charges against Mayorkas do not rise to high crimes or misdemeanors, and the Homeland Security Secretary even had a role in negotiating a bipartisan border security bill that included policies Republicans themselves demanded. But Donald Trump derailed that deal, claiming it would give Biden a political win. Now, the president and Democrats, they are bashing this impeachment, saying Republicans are wasting time political, playing political games while rejecting actual plans to fix the border crisis. Now, the Senate hands over these articles of impeachment over to the Senate, and that's where we expect a trial at the end of the month. George. You know, I, um, I continue to say, folks, I, I don't have any answer why the Republicans elected in, in our state don't make a bigger deal about the fact that Governor McKee and Matos run this as a sanctuary state. By the way, I also want to point out, so like with this Pawtucket father, some of his family members were coming into our Facebook live chat last night and saying things like, oh, no, he's he's not there illegally. If you come to our country and you have a visa and you overstay your visa, which a lot of them do, you're now essentially in the country illegally. What they're trying to say is much like, see, I group them all in it all together. You have the people that say, oh, I'm seeking asylum, which is made up. And then because of the Biden policy, they're allowed to come in. And then good luck trying to track them down uh, whenever they would have a hearing. You have some that completely sneak in, some completely sneak in, run across you have others that walk up and say, I want to claim asylum. Either way, the amount of damage that is being done, the number, sheer number of people that are coming in, it is disastrous. And I want to return to, you know, that guy is responsible, Mayorkas. Biden, Harris, this, this can't continue. The damage that they are doing to our country i recognize a lot of people especially in our part of the country in the northeast that you have democrat governors healy and mckee and then you can even go to connecticut that they are obviously all on board but look at the destruction that is being done and that they they want you and me and all they want all the taxpayers to pick up the cost of all these people and i think it does tie in with the voting it absolutely ties in with the voting but this situation is so out of control, whether it's New York or so forth. And, and again, I want to repeat, I don't have an answer. I have no idea why the Rhode Island Republican Party doesn't make a bigger deal about it. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401 323 9252 323 9252 AJ drywall plasters home improvement frame to finish basements what a difference it'll make in your basement acoustic ceilings look how beautiful your ceiling could be new homes additions also commercial rehabs painting remodeling contact them today it's a family run business AJ drywall plaster home improvements Call for a free quote. What a difference they'll make in your home, your ceilings, floors, basements. 401-323-9252. What a difference. Beautiful walls and ceilings. 401-323-9252. You can also find them on Facebook. It's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. I want to play an interview. His name is Brett Weinstein. He travels quite a bit. He's very, very knowledgeable. He did an interview on the Joe Rogan podcast. And this is a different dynamic that he is observing. He's been there. And this guy has traveled. He's very well read, uh, highly respected. I want you to listen to him describe what sounds almost like Chinese military that are moving in position to come across our border 
It's a real eye-opener. I want you to listen to this. And I went to Panama, Panama, where I have some history. Uh, I did my bat work on Barrow, Colorado Island in uh, Gatun Lake, in the Panama Canal. So Panama is a place I, I'm familiar with, but Michael Jan invited us down to go look at the migration in the Darien province of Panama, which is the province bordering Colombia. Um, as you probably know, there's a gap in the Pan-American Highway, about 60 miles that were never built um, in this highway that otherwise stretches from Prudhoe Bay, Alaska to the southern tip of South America. And what's there is a... Uh, oh, hold on. Folks, it continues. Here we go. Sorry about that. Tremendously significant and very difficult jungle in the Darien Gap. So there's a national park there. And ordinarily, people do not cross the Darien Gap. It is a famously difficult obstacle. And what we see there is that the international community is encouraging a massive migration of people from South America into Central America, and that almost all of those people are ending up crossing our southern border and entering the U.S., the ones who are questioned are claiming political asylum, which is uh, not accurate. Nope. So we talked to many, many migrants, and um, the universal story amongst the migrants who would talk to us is that they were fleeing um, bad economic conditions in the direction of what looks like greater opportunity. They've been told by the international community that they should come across the Darien Gap, where Many of them are not surviving the trek. Yep. It's extremely dangerous. Uh, and they're migrating north. Now, the really troubling thing, though, is Listen that that this. migration is familiar in one way. It looks a little bit like the migrations of Central Americans that migrated north when we were kids. But there is another migration. There is a migration of Chinese immigrants Listen that looks different, feels different, wow. and is being housed in a totally separate way in Darien for reasons that are not in any way obvious. Huh. Now, I don't know exactly what to make of that. I have hypotheses. There are no more than that. Um, but the Chinese migration is uh, not forthcoming about huh. why it is migrating. It is composed mostly of young, military-aged men. There are some women present, Whoa. but it's not 50-50 by far. Wow. And the international community has arranged separate encampments. The Chinese are, in many cases, traveling a separate way across the Darien Gap. They're skipping some of the worst parts of it, uh, traveling by boat. And um, as I think I mentioned, they are, when asked where they're from, where they're going, why they're going, they are uninterested in talking. There's a hostility to it that I found shocking. Wow. Because for one thing, if you imagined uh, folks from almost anywhere in the world were heading to the U.S. because they didn't like the way things were in China, they feared their government, they yep. thought that there was economic opportunity, they would be curious about Americans. That's These right. are soon to be their countrymen. They would tend to be interested in talking. Right. And even if they, for some reason, because they had lived under a totalitarian regime, felt that they couldn't talk, they wouldn't be broadcasting hostility. They would be ambivalent or something. And that is not the impression that they leave when interacting with them. So I found that utterly alarming. And I came to wonder if the migration of people coming up from South America, many of whom, by the way, are not South American. There are people coming from the Middle East. We met Afghans. There are people from Iran, Yemen, all over the world. They land in Ecuador, which has no visa requirement, and then they migrate through Colombia into Central America and straight up to the U.S. But in any case, that massive migration seems to provide a, a cloak for this other migration from China, which is nothing if not mysterious. Wow. That is amazing, folks. And on top of that, the sheer number of them. He goes on to describe that 
it is somewhere in the vicinity that right now it's been more than 30,000 of them that are coming in. This, I like the way he lays it out, and there's a little bit more. This is not migration, immigration. This is an invasion. Let me go back to this. Things are in play, right? Before I went to, to Panama, I thought there was a migration of people. Now I think there are, there are two. One of them's clearly a migration, and the other one could well be an invasion. So if I know that there are two things, then I can put them in two categories, and I can ask myself the question, why is this being allowed, and why is that being allowed? The consensus, eh, maybe consensus is too strong, but the belief amongst many who have been on the story of the migration for years now is that this is a ploy to create voters, democratic voters. Yep. And I don't think that's impossible. I think that's probably playing a role. Yep. I don't know how realistic it is. I don't know whether or not it is clear that uh, migrants necessarily carry the uh, the likelihood of voting blue that the blue team imagines. Right. But anyway, I think that that's a plausible explanation in part, but I don't think it it really covers it. There are other hypotheses that are darker. There is talk about the possibility of trading citizenship for military service. Yeah, that is popular. That has been floated out there. But him talking about two separate groups, and one of them are strictly military, primarily aged men, and they're all Chinese. He goes on to talk about, he estimates it's at least 30,000 a year. Folks, this is how dangerous the Biden administration has put, the position they have put us in, where essentially we are allowing a full-scale invasion into our country. Really interesting stuff by Brett Weinstein. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. Call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations. They're available 24-7 a service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus great meal a great time is waiting for you at the coesed inn Rhode Island tradition since 1977 226 coesed avenue west warwick they have a large dining room perfect maybe a, a group uh, maybe a collation, lunch, the Coesed Inn, getting a big group together or maybe just you alone or a date. 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick, great staff, terrific food. They're always working on the menu and they also have a nice lounge as well. You have the market at Coesed right there. They're open seven days a week. I'll see you for a great meal. Make it the Coesed Inn. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is DePietro.com. It's time for Four uh, Stories with Donna Perry. Joining us right now, one of my siblings happens to be an independent uh, columnist and opinion maker. And DJ, let's start off. Everyone's watching the Super Bowl. And then, boy, as soon as I heard the music, I said out loud, that's either... That's either the ad from when his uncle ran JFK or then I wasn't sure if 
his dad had resurrected it, uh, you know, as they were running, he was running in 68 for the California prank guard. But um, boy, there it was, a, a Kennedy commercial, RFK Jr., but there's a, a lot of pushback from within the, within the family that supposedly yeah. Super PAC ran this ad. Right, John. Uh, I agree with you and great to be with you. Um, when it hit the screen, um, and, and it was notable, let me just start out with the stylistics, because obviously so much of what the ads are, they're really just ads for more programming on, you know, the streaming of yes. CBS, which is notable. So every ad, and you know, there were a few good exceptions, but... So, you know, going in like that, very black and white, um, really of a long bygone era, uh, (laughs) as we know of our childhood or even before. So um, it it started out, it did get your attention, I would say that way. Um, And then obviously this pushback. Now, I have to say, um, I have not been as critical of everything with RFK. I mean, there are people who just in the family, they're you know, they're kind of, they're really against him in this run and the direction he's taken with it. He is now, to be fair, now in the Democratic Party. He jumped out. Yeah. If people aren't keeping score, he is running as an independent. Right. Um, but he carries weight and the name does. Um, and, and in terms of the ad, John, I mean, to me, it was quite um, obvious in this day and age. Obviously, you can quite easily edit that and juxtapose images. And, you know, it was, but it was so notable. It kind of had, you know, the sort of those cartoon images and the jingles and the very sunny music of, you know, those were really, John, political ads were really in their infancy when yes. you think of that time. And that was really the JFK burst on the scene. And, and yep. this, you know, we all know the rest is history. So and, I and geared for radio, I might add, because <laughs> not everyone had television. Great so. point. Right. Which that's a great point, because so much of that time, the ads were were going to be probably largely heard by radio and and TV was nowhere near that. And the print. So the fact that they got that in now, I think, you know, it it obviously was meant to evoke those images. Um, It was obviously meant, John, I would say, you know, that that super PAC has a right just so people don't understand he is claiming and then he wrote on x later at the night or his cousins were very upset by it and he said i personally my campaign did not have anything to do with the ad super PACs do this um john and you follow all this so intricately you know that right like they can run an ad and actually the campaign right there's supposed to be no communication no communication no no pre-screening it right now you can say that maybe (laughs) he had an idea of what it would look like that being said i think a demographic just taking away all the controversy around it they were clearly trying to evoke those images to reach a, a like a baby boomer or higher demographic let's face it um a jfk to a period of time uh people who could have been very young themselves but you know so obviously there was a demographic they were going after um and just to kind of grab that piece of the pie look he's running um people cannot like his he was against the vaccine i don't yep. choose to use the words of the left of an anti-vaxxer right um As time has gone on, and I think people are entitled to question many parts of how the pandemic Mm. was handled. And I've said this many times. So that doesn't make you this and that, and they want to use all these labels. So Listen, DJ, we've talked about, he's very knowledgeable, never mind environmental. And he's right about a lot of things about big pharma and the companies. If, If people actually listen to him, and again, it's actually uncomfortable to listen to him because of the way his voice is strained. But yeah, he is he's a very can be a very compelling speaker and he's very, very, very knowledgeable. I'm just curious if you think this was a gamble. It cost seven million. It's a huge audience. I think in some way. What other opportunity would his camp or a PAC supporting him have to reach that amount of people and whether or not people liked it or disagreed with it, it, it certainly got attention and got buzz. It you know why I think it was effective. First of all, we're we're talking about it right, right now. Yeah, uh, people talked about it across the country. The Super Bowl is the largest audience you could remotely have, as oh, we know. Not even, close. not even close. I mean, the NFL outweighs everything. So 
there's that. And John, I, I, you know, if you're in a campaign, you're, you're in it to not be behind a curtain. You're in, you're in it to get attention. And, you know, I also think timing wise, it was actually in their favor. Biden had, and I know we'll get to this, a very bad week, in my opinion. Um, Let's let's talk about that. Yeah. You you tell me, why did Biden have a bad week? Hey, look, I, I think the fact that you know, you have an independent counsel. They deciphered what they wanted to go through about him with the documents. The They came out with that report. But John, on top of, I, I want to just say this, like an independent counsel is Biden. He, they said, go ahead, do it. Now it was his own attorney general. And I know there's supposed to be all this brick wall between everything. Merrick Garland allowed that to go out that way. That's right. And the prosecutor, uh, the counsel, I think fairly said, this is what it was like to interview this, the president of the United States. Yeah. Um, that was tough, but I don't believe it should be hidden from the public. And, and by the way, John, the way all this works is, so they do that. Then he, whether he was furious, that went out that way. It was grabbing, of course, every headline. Now, whoever really said, send him out there and they're going to have a press conference about wow. it. Wow. Um, I, I'm sorry. It's like, you can't hide this. And yeah. then his anger and sharpness and and then I, I would say it allowed for what I think is was really the million dollar question and I've uh, the name of that reporter I think for NBC um it now it, it eludes me but when she said Mr. President that you have said repeatedly um when people are questioning your age or your ability to do the job oh just watch me and she said yeah. Mr. President, they have been watching you. That's right. <laughs> 70 to 80 percent feel you are not up to the job. And John, yeah. boy, that was a stinging question. And she got a lot of blowback to just to do that from a lot of yeah. the liberals, depending. On, John so. Perry, what I think was damaging about the report is it was believable when you see him. And as you, I, I think the numbers now, yes, 80 percent. He he has yep. slowed down. If you even see him in an interview in 2020. He he's not the same person. The shuffling easily gets rattled. Come on, this will go down as history that as someone is doing a press conference, say their memory's fine, they miscall and mix up the leaders of different nations. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. it, the fact of the matter is they have a big problem on their hands. They they went very full offensive this weekend trying to say he's totally fine. But what is your reaction to the vice president now? She gave an exclusive to the Wall Street Journal, Kamala Harris. I am ready to lead. In my opinion, this is a nightmare scenario for the Democrat (laughs) Party, where not only is he, he's clearly not up to four more years, but she now thinks this is her opportunity to grab the mantle. Well, uh, absolutely. And I I think what could be going on here it is and this is extraordinary and this is not fair to represent this to the public I, I have wondered whether knowing he is deteriorating whether their game plan is he goes in knowing he can't make the four years yeah. John and and he wants in history his legacy would yes. be he hands over the president to That's the first right. black woman Correct. of the United States. Like I, yes. um, I know people write about this. I think that's a hundred percent where they're going with this. Yep. They do not believe he could go the four years No, and they no. are, in my opinion, her having that kind of a, you know, making those oh. kind of statements, John, she, they're trying to do in politics, they call it, they're kind of trying to soften that out, slow yep. roll that right um, out in the public. They're trying to, and John, they're doing the, you know, finger in the wind. Let, let's see what, how much, uh, what a public opinion kind of, you know, how does it rally around this idea? I'm ready. I can lead. Um, and I do think it's like a soft, you know, polling device. Just let her say a couple of these things, you know? Um, I mean, this is very serious. And I, I just thought very serious. the fact that it, to me, there's really just one of two answers. I mean, unless 
And it's too late for the Democrats, John, to make another appoint uh, another nominee, right? Because of the ballots in the states. I, I may be very wrong on that. I, I don't know. I feel like it's it's getting late in the calendar very soon. Well, they so, point out LBJ announced in March, but I, at this point, I think the pressure to see go on the first lady that whether or not she's going to supposed you know put pressure on him to step down. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber, JMB Plumbing. Call them today. All your plumbing needs. 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401-743-9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today. 401-743-9153 JMB Plumbing and look for them on Facebook. We're speaking with independent columnist opinion maker it's Donna Perry. DJ meanwhile close at a home. Boy, a lot of pressure on the governor, Michelle Wu, how they're handling this migrant crisis. Uh, this this is one of those situations where no one's happy the way this is being handled. Well, right. Um, and I I think uh, Maura Healy and Mayor Wu, uh, you know, they're being a little too cute in how they rolled this out. John, they, they actually did not disclose in any great advance of time the degree no. to how many migrant families and and. They're getting here. Um, I don't know that that was always very clear to the amount of the numbers. So first of all, they are now getting pushback from a lot of different corners. Um, They have first displaced what is really among Boston's most, you know, low income minority uh, family uh, part of a neighborhood. And they, they took over the Roxbury rec center. And I know we may have touched on this before. Now that, is already at capacity. They've put all migrant families in there. And I think that was wrong. They're displacing what is the vital after-school program where you have sports and programs, which, you know, Michelle Wu, when she was running, John, all she ever does is run around the city saying, you know, this has to be the city for everyone. and, And we have to, you know, have all these programs and we want the kids, you know, from school and have a place to go. They take over that and, all of those programs are displaced now through, yep. through the end of the school year, which I think that was really wrong. And so they have the migrants in there. And Michelle Wu was then, you know, saying things like we want them immediately enrolled in the Boston public schools. The Boston public schools, John, first of all, can do cannot have enough staff and all the schools. They have violence and fights and they, they're trying to, you know, try to make a little more progress in these schools. So they, they're just allowing migrants they are not here legally putting them in the schools um and then now because of the overflow they are looking at utilizing uh an empty building but that happens to be in the seaport district which is among the highest commercial real estate parts of boston um it's a building right off of you know seaport boulevard where port point um or that whole area and it 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 probably was just waiting for another tenant so they want to put migrants in there now you're getting pushed back from boston city councilors including um uh, ed flynn and others and they're saying no i'm sorry that this is not the way to do this um, so this is turning into, I think Healy and Wu are going to have some political baggage on how they're handling this. Um, and a lot of people in the state, John, I think they're just waking up saying, wait a minute, what, what's going on? You know, Donna Perry, finally, 
Uh, President Trump certainly has raised some eyebrows saying that, well, if Russia wants to attack NATO, I said, hey, if they're not going to pay up, the hell with it. Um, it was taken as almost like, you know, extortion, like he's back yeah. in New York. But I'm just curious. I think it was an interesting observation over the weekend that the Democrats seem convinced they can make this election about Trump and feel if the election is about Trump, they win. But if the election is about Biden, I think that's that's very astute because the more that Biden, this age thing, it's not getting better. It's not going away. He couldn't do the Super Bowl interview. I don't see how he, he can't debate. He couldn't sit down for a 15 minute friendly chat with Gail King. Right. Um, I think it's and, and now they're responding by they're trying to go on social media and he's not going to do interviews. But um, I'm just curious how you think that may play out i i still think there's more pressure on who's the current president so the pressure would be more on biden as opposed to they want to make the whole thing about president trump yeah they absolutely do because as you say john they went they have a weak candidate they have yeah. a weak incumbent president yeah um you know and so that they want to i i would dispute that uh a lot of the public which feels mostly upset about the economy that has not you can say the economy's doing well but it's the the cost of everything that never came down since the pandemic um and i think that matters more to people they don't necessarily pay attention to these nato relationships you know that that is a bit of a talking point for more mm. the washington talking heads and i'm not saying people shouldn't be paying attention to that but on the other hand i think then the republicans have a strong hand to play to say well Okay, you have this very weak, sometimes incoherent president. Yeah. Um, and so if you want to talk about foreign relations connected to that, and he's saying, you know, he's calling the president of Egypt of, is the president of Mexico. And he <laughs> first, you know, it's all confused all the time. These yeah. are major issues. So if they want to, you know, hang the whole thing on saying it'll just be all about Trump and the more he talks um, that that's, I think, the strategy. The, let talk. Let Trump keep talking about what they think are wildly inappropriate, um, you know, just out of the realm ideas. And oh, I make just it... don't think it's resonating. It doesn't no. seem to be resonating. You in know any why? Way. Everyone you... just kind of right. shrugs. I think as long as it's such right. an interesting dynamic to me, because this isn't a policy situation. This is even people that may have voted for him and like him, you look and you say, he's too old. He can't do this job. He certainly can't do it for four more years. Right. And, so. and though their ages can be similar, but there's no question. Biden is just irreversibly feeble. And, yeah. and Trump just comes across energetic. He does. He, you cannot like yeah. him, but he does. So, he does. you know, we'll see. Folks, folks, again, it's Four Stories with Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always. And we'll talk to you again. You got it. Thanks. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, I always tout our website just because it has exclusive stories and video. It has links to on-the-scene live stream. Remember, there's no vo uh, vowel I. It's D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, DePietro.com. You can also reach me that way if you'd like to get in touch with me. DePietro.com, log on and then links to Facebook and YouTube, everything we have, it's all waiting for you right there at the website. All your oil needs, make it Henry Oil. Call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery call henry oil today fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery it's henry oil residential commercial fuel oil delivery since 1947 they also have budget plans service contracts lack lock and cap pricing you can depend on henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass we got a long way to go with winter. Make sure that tank is filled. Call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, a local, family-run business since 1947 that you can depend on. 
for all your oil needs, call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Horrific story out of Pawtucket. Four people arrested Sunday morning. You want the real details, log on the website, dipietro.com. This father... Now, he stands accused manslaughter. Uh, We have interviewed several family members. I also obtained the police report. This is the death of his one-year-old son. um, I believe it's Santino. um, And Santiago. And so the Pawtucket police, the information they have, and again, this is all on the website, petro.com they get called Sunday morning. And the address is this place in Pawtucket uh, on Arthur Street. And they were dispatched to 95 Arthur Street. There's an apartment there. Now, there's several people that are living in the apartment. Keep in mind, my sources have told me immigration is looking to talk to at least two of the individuals. So apparently what happened was, it's a little unusual, but you have um, this one person named Carla, and she's she is uh, on the lease with this uh, Joao Resendez. That's the father. And the mother of the child is this Caroline Lido. Now, from what I understand, immigration wants to talk to, to both of them. But anyhow, so apparently on Sunday morning, this Carla, she also uh, lives there. And you have this aunt, Daniela, who I believe is uh, in some kind of relationship with this Carla person. So anyhow, two of the women, they leave Sunday morning to go to the laundromat while they're there the father of the one-year-old is texting the mother um that something happened to the one-year-old infant son don't tell anyone he's not breathing so she initially said that her demeanor was very different she went to get an energy drink leaves the laundromat comes back was asking what wrong um she finally told her he's telling me my son is dead he doesn't want me to tell anyone so she says well maybe sometimes he he kids around so then they're trying to reach apparently there's the other person adult i know this sounds a little confusing at the apartment they can't reach her she's maybe sleeping and then when they finally get there, the, the little one-year-old is on the floor. And then they attempt CPR, and then they have to call the Pawtucket first responders. So I'm just reading right from the police report. Carolina then responded to the hallway due to a language barrier. Carla assisted in translating. Carolina gave Carla her cell phone, and she began reading the text. Between, now they were communicating in Portuguese. These people are from Portugal. I did a Facebook Live last night, and people from Portugal were coming in to the chat. So we were the international one last night. So she's reading the text that she got, and this is with the police. Come home, urgent, don't say nothing. Then read, I can't talk right now, what's going on? And then he says, Santiago, call me. Don't leave me hanging, what's going on? And then he, but he's not breathing. But initially, the father was saying he's not breathing. Don't tell anyone about this. So they then go, they're trying to reach the other adult who's just sleeping at the apartment, who apparently, according to the police report, had her phone on mute. Now, the uncle was communicating uh, with me last night. And there's a number of people that their information is ex- was exactly right, saying the mother had gone to do laundry and then left the father with the one-year-old but he is he is an illegal and you know this is another example folks where the state continues to be a magnet for these types of individuals 
So um, he would, right now, very, very serious charges. Now, again, he's charged with manslaughter. These charges could be upgraded. Uh, no question about that. But as of right now, and I want to credit, you know, that's a tough scene for the Pawtucket police and the first responders. So the, the father, J-O-A-O Resendez, that's the father. He, in fact, um, has been charged with manslaughter, three counts, and, and uh, excuse me, manslaughter, and then three counts of child, second-degree child abuse. Now, the uncle claims he was choking the one-year-old. It's, it's just a horrific story, and how someone could do that to their little, a little one-year-old infant is just beyond me, but... So the, the women are all being charged. Um, initially, we had the word came down that more of them were home, but it would seem that there was only one of them that was in the apartment. And I think they there's also other children that live there, so they're all living there in the apartment. And by the way, they were all planning to go to Florida. They were planning on going to a trip to... Uh, to Florida, and I think it was supposed to be today they were all supposed to be going. And it, it's just horrific. So you're going to get just some of the the basics, but what you need to know is, you know, the, the first responders are put into very difficult situations where you have, you know, there's language barriers and various people are living here and there and he's renting an apartment through one and then somebody's sister starts living there and the next thing you know she's having a child and and um and it's a total disaster but um horrific what happened with this little one-year-old infant folks you're listening to the john DePietro show it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop in and see Marie, that historic white church. Shop local, inside, all quality products, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. They understand quality, integrity. It's my health. It's all about your health, local products. I say honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. You know, they carry over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products, and much more natural skincare products. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Mended Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family. There's vitamins for children, all different types of teas, all different types of spices. Boy, what a difference it'll make. Shop local. Stop it and see the queen of health. It's Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, right in that historic white church. It's all about health. It's all about your health at It's My Health. Check out tepetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, all our links to social media, exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at tepetro.com. 